Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. And you are listening to the podcast created by NJEA members for NJEA members. Welcome to episode 28. Jim, how are you today? I'm good, Jeff. And how are you? Things have been fantastic here. The snow is melting. The sun is coming out. It was almost 70 degrees today up in North Jersey. But that's not why we're here today. Today, we're here to talk about you. Today, we're here to talk about the early career member that is looking to be finding employment for next year. Today, we're going to be talking all about job fairs and how you can survive your next job fair. But before we get into that topic, Jim, tell us a little bit about some of the upcoming events that the NJEA has planned. Absolutely, Jeff. We're coming off a really busy weekend with the NJEA Early Career Member Network. Uh, For the first time, we hosted two events on the same day this past Friday, February 17th, saw a bowling event and also saw an event called Swipe Right for Your Union. Uh, The bowling event was at the Bolero Bowling Alley in North Brunswick, and we had a 75 Early career NJA members come out uh, all across, I don't know, maybe 15 lanes of bowling, really having a great time and doing some networking. And then uh, the second event on Friday was up in Hackensack at the elementary, where members there uh, had a, a take on NJA's member benefit fair, where three of our member benefit partners were there sharing with members how they could uh, save money. And, uh, you know, these events went really well. So we have, uh, Jeff, another bowling event coming up. Uh, These seem to be popular. This one's going to be in South Jersey uh, at a place called Pinsetters in Pensacola, New Jersey, in Camden County on March 10th. Uh, NJA, the Early Career Member Network, will be offering an evening of bowling, uh, dinner, and uh, a drink or two at Pinsetters on March 10th. And then there will also be another event on March 10th in Morristown, New Jersey, uh, where a member will be leading a group on a tour of the city, stopping into various uh, restaurants uh, along the way. So March 10th will be another busy Friday for early career members. And uh, if you're listening, want to RSVP and get on the list, uh, you can find more about these events at njea.org slash early career members. Those are two great events. Of course, the event on March 10th at Pinsetters is uh, exit four, I believe, on the turnpike. Or if you're around uh, 295, that is exit 34 slash 36, depending on how you want to get there. So definitely check out all these great events. And of course, you can find out more about the great things over at Early Career Members. Jim, we talked a little bit about this last show about Early Career Members. It is a great place to network. And today we're talking all about networking, getting out there and really taking a stab at putting yourself out there as we move into what's known uh, all across the world, Jim, as job hunting season. Uh, Can you remember job hunting season? Uh, Jeff, I remember it so well, uh, so well as a pre-service, pre-service educator in college, hitting up the job fairs. And then uh, during my first year in the classroom, uh, which was in Pennsylvania, uh, also, uh, hitting up some job fairs too. Yep. yep. Job, job fairs are certainly important to go to. And you know, Jim, the first question that they ask you at every single job fair. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> well, like 
No, uh, Jeff, uh, what is it? They ask you, how do you subscribe to the Jersey Educator podcast? <laughs> Jim, what answer should they give you? Give you? Uh, well, well, the way to ace that question, Jeff, would be uh, to check us out on iTunes, do a search for Jersey Educator, find all 28 of our episodes. Uh, you can find us on Google Play and Stitcher the same way. And on the web uh, at njea.org slash podcast. And we certainly hope that you do that. And, of course, share this with your friends as you're there at the job fair. Now, Jim, we're going to talk today a lot about hiring, how to get hired, how to prepare yourself, how to get success. We have 10 things that you can do to survive and ace your next job fair visit. You know, Jim, I remember a long time ago having to get up early, travel to job fairs, look at job fairs, and then you're there as a new teacher and you're intimidated because you have all of these people there that are interviewing and you have also have all of these people there that are needy of jobs. And, and it is an, an intimidating thing. Do you have any advice for early career members or, or veteran teachers um, as they are preparing to enter the job hunting season? Jeff, uh, that is a really good point. You know, uh, walking into that room, usually these are held at, you know, hotels, conference centers, sometimes in schools, in the cafeteria or, you know, the gym. Uh, and it's a big room. It can be crowded with uh, just people standing behind tables representing uh, different school districts. Uh, but I always felt a little more confident going in, Jeff, if I took the time, maybe the day before, the night before, uh, to do a little preparation. And that is one of the first things that we can do here. As we go down our list of 10, first thing I want to keep in mind is that you need to prepare for this job interview. Now, what does that mean? Now, for me, that means start asking people to ask you questions, right? Because ultimately, when you're at a job fair, you're there to answer questions. Now, many people don't understand the concept that as soon as they get out of their car, they're at the job interview. The job interview doesn't start when you sit down in front of somebody. Um, there have been several times that I have actually gone to a job fair, gotten out of my car, and the person next to me was a principal or a superintendent, and you're having chit-chat with everybody, but that is your job fair interview right there. Um, several of us go to conferences, ed camps, um, adjudications in the world of you know music and theater, those are job fair preparations, right? Because everyone's saying, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? The whole idea of preparing to get out there is important. You know, make sure that you get enough sleep. Make sure you know the answers. Uh, the first question that everybody is going to ask you when you sit down for an interview is, hi, how are you doing? And they really aren't asking you, hi, how are you doing? If you've had a bad day, Jim, you don't say, oh, my goodness, I had a flat tire coming in and oh, the kids couldn't sleep. You don't answer that question. You have a canned response for how is that question. So, Jim, let me let me kind of put you on the spot here. If I was to say, who is Jim Boyce? Tell me about yourself. What would be your 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 canned response that you would give somebody at a job interview? Uh, sure, Jeff. I, I think I would start by talking about uh, where I was at in my career path. So uh, if I was in college, I would I would kick off with with where I'm studying, what I'm studying for. And if, if I was in the classroom and uh, just seeing what else was out there, I would probably do the same. Here's where I'm currently working. Here's what I'm currently doing. 
And and those are all good things, which leads us into our second step here, which is knowing your introduction. Now, one of the things that I love to talk to early career members and other people about is your 60-second pitch. And really, Jim, you know, you see it all the time on Shark Tank. You walk into that room. What is that 60-second pitch? And I'm going to tell you exactly what your 60-second pitch should be. It's 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 this. 60 seconds is broken down into four different ways, Jim. Four different 15-second ways. The first 15 seconds is your introduction. Who are you? Hi, my name is Jeff, and I'm a fantastic educator. I've been teaching for the last umpteen years, and I am so excited to be working with kids every single day. I'm looking forward to working with your school district, right? Something that's positive, something that shows your energy, something that's going to get them to go to that next question. Generally, then the next question they're going to be asking you is to tell us a little bit about some of your strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, tell us a little bit about one of the challenges you faced, maybe, and how you've overcome or tell me about your favorite classroom experience, right? Something in there. So you're going to be spending the next 60 seconds looking at what problems do you think they're asking you about? You know, generally, Jim, if you're looking at an interview and they say, do you know anything about problem-based learning? There's a reason they're asking that question, right? Uh, yes, uh, ab- absolutely. So it, it, if they're asking a question, it, it typically is a a focus of the school district or something they're very interesting in, interested in or something they're proud of about their school district just to see if you have some knowledge of that. Yep. yep. I, I generally look at the introduction as a way for me to ask them some questions. I try to take the script a little bit and flip it around. So if they say, tell me, you know, do you know anything about problem-based learning or project-based learning, which are two different things, I usually say some kind of a canned answer to, oh, yes, I love project-based learning. It's great. It's fantastic. What are some of the struggles that you guys are having? Or I'll ask, is your school moving in that direction? Something that I can start to get them talking. And I generally find, Jim, that if I can get the person interviewing me talking, that gives me some time to relax, to think, to feel them out, and to really get my, get my, my, my confidence level up. And, and then it becomes more of a conversation than an interview. So looking at the two first things that we want to do is we want to prepare. So that way, when we get there, we can be successful. And of course, the next thing during that introduction is that we want to be having a conversation. We want to show the person who's interviewing us that we have confidence in our position and in ourselves. And remember, this person's looking at us saying one question only. Can I trust them in front of a classroom of students, right? Can I look yep. at that person and put them on a, a podium, literally, um, in the classroom and have them do a good job? So those are the first two things. Now, if you can get that far, then it comes down to, you know, one of the obvious things I think that we can talk about. This is the third part of acing your job interview, which is dress, right? Dress code. You know, do you go in there in the three-piece suit? Do you go in there in khakis? When I was doing the interview circuit, I actually put a calendar in front of me, and I said, you know, for every school that I went to, for every level of interview, I knew exactly which tie I wore. Hmm. So. (laughs) (laughs) So that way I wouldn't go into the same school twice wearing the same exact jacket and the same exact thing. Um, That's just a little tip. I might be crazy (laughs) about that, but... You know, you don't when you're someone is interviewing a hundred people, you don't want to be known as the guy with the Winnie the Pooh tie. 
Don't ask why that's an example. But you want to make sure. And and that contrasts to my experience as a as a college student having one suit, one tie, and well, it's uh, it's, (laughs) it's perfectly acceptable to have one suit. I mean, look, you know, not everybody can afford a four to five hundred dollars suit, and all those. But but a tie. You know, a good tie costs you at least three or four bucks. So make sure that you have a good one um, that you've that you've you know been able to go through here, or at least get a couple, right? Like, so one of the things that I, I would also recommend in the preparing is go on to like um, Today's Man and Joseph Bank and all those different places and, and get their newsletters. And when they have like you know seventy five percent off of their their accessories, get the accessories, right? So that way you can look a little flashy. So we have preparing. We have. Um, dressing, and we also have your introduction. Now, and hold, hold on, Jeff. I, I do have to ask. I do have to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, so we, we talked about suits and ties, but our our female listeners thinking about their dress, um, would would you have any suggestions for them? Because that uh, I'm I do not. So I'm I'm interested to see if you do. You know, I think. The term business casual is good. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not versed on all of my garments um, exactly, but I, I wouldn't go in the equivalent of a three-piece suit, and I wouldn't go in the equivalent of, uh, of khakis and a short sleeve shirt. So that you know, find that middle ground that, that you're mm. comfortable with. Um, I, you, know, you don't have to wear the most you know, out, outstanding um, outfit, but you know, go with what you think is going to help out and go with what you think is going to be comfortable for you to wear. I mean, you're going to be on your feet a lot. And, you know, I'm one of those people that I, I, I wear flats. I don't like to wear heels. I only usually wear, wear heel shoes when I'm conducting or when I'm on a stage or something like that. So being at a job fair and suddenly all day you're in a shoe, not a sneaker, um, it, it's tough. So, you know, definitely dress appropriately for the position, knowing that you're going to be on your feet a lot waiting in line. And I think mm, that's a biggie yep. right there is, is something that you're waiting in line about. So mm-hmm. um, did that skirt the issue enough, Jim? <laughs> I think so. I think so, Jeff. Thank, thank you. So the next thing is know your schools, right? You know, get, get an idea for what schools are going to be there, which is, you know, your plan of attack. You know, in, in a case of some job fairs, in, in a county job fair, you might have 100 schools. You should know ahead of time what schools have openings in the positions that you want. And there are times where you walk into a job fair and they give you a brochure with who's there. And there's just times where you, you, know, you find the school districts that are closest to your house. Um, sometimes you're lucky. If you're going for elementary education, you can pretty much apply everywhere knowing that m- many school districts have elementary positions open. Um, in my case, where I was searching for positions in music education, not everybody had that. And not everybody had the exact positions that I was qualified for. So you know, don't waste your time. Um, standing in lines for jobs that don't exist. So, you know, know your schools, know where things are. Um, when I did find out schools 
that were open with the position, I made sure I created a little a cheat sheet for myself that actually gave superintendents, principals, hi, uh, HR people. So that way, when I walked up to them, I knew who they were. I shook their hand. I looked them in the eye. I smiled the best that I can. And I said, hey, how'd your football team do this year? Or, hey, how's the marching band? Or, hey, something about them. I was prepared. So that way, my opening statement included something about their school and that generally made the conversation start to go a little farther because I was showing interest in them before they even know who I was. And that is always a plus. Not nice, Jeff. And hearing you talk about knowing the schools, knowing the jobs that are out there uh, made me think of our friends who have been on the show uh, from njschooljobs.com. Uh, just a great resource, a website created by uh, a couple NJA members. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it lists postings and it, you can also create an account and get updates for when your uh, the, the job you are looking for becomes available. So uh, that may be a resource, too, for you to check out the week before and just see what's up there. I certainly agree with that. You know, NJ School Jobs is a great place to go. There are others for your region. There's even others for your your discipline. But, you know, again, this is about saving them time. They don't want to be talking to somebody that they don't have a job for, right? right? So make sure that you're respecting their time and also that you're respecting your time. I, I, I've heard of, you know, especially for myself being a music educator going through this process many years ago, I was the one going to job fairs where nobody had a music job open, but you never know, right? Like it's because a music educator is such a refined, you know, such a defined thing. You, you just never know who you're going to run into that also might be leaving or on their way out. So the, the position didn't open yet. So, you know, again, know your schools, know where to find this, make sure that you know, these different places. So there's a, those are really the four biggies that we can look up as far as preparing getting your foot in the door, literally getting into that, that, that seating and comfortableness. Now we're going to take you through the next phase of the job interview process, which is now that you're in front of them, what do you do? Mm. And generally, you know, I I've seen people sit down and throw a binder at somebody. Bad idea. I've you, seen- you, know, Je- you know, Jeff, I remember my experience. Uh, <laughs> I lugged around I'm interested to to hear your comments about what to bring because I lugged around this huge bag and my portfolio, it had maybe my secondary document. It was just a huge, heavy bag. And I don't think I reached into it uh, for half the stuff that was in there. So, uh, yeah. And and that just goes back to the point of you don't want to be lugging a duffel bag around a job interview. (laughs) No. Especially right. in 2017, right? Like your your duffel bag should speak for you. So let's let's kind of break out the paper <laughs> resume. I was recently talking to a, a new teacher who said strange things that they learned in college, which is, you know, you should only have a very small resume and you shouldn't put everything down. And, you know, nobody reads the full resume. Well, if I was an administrator and I was looking at 300 resumes what is going to make your resume stand out right it doesn't necessarily mean i'm using colored ink or better paper 
or any of those things. But really, you want to identify with yourself what's going to make you stand out. And that, of course, all depends on the job that you're going for. If you are a music educator, you know that you've got a very small pool of very hungry people. If you're going for fifth grade teacher, you've got a bigger pool filled with very hungry people because they want to find that job in that region of their area. Um, you know, for myself, it's not it's not out of unheard of to think that a music educator is going to be traveling 50 miles to get to a school district because there's only one job open that year for for that person. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at a resume, it really comes down to what's on the paper. But I also want to stress it's what's behind the paper. The first thing that's always on the top of my resume is, of course, my name and my website address. But I don't go just there. I usually put a QR code next to it. At least that then starts a conversation and it gets them thinking, oh, you're a tech person. We are a tech person, right? And, of course, you want to show off what you can do, but you don't want to show off every little detail. So, again, know the school districts you want to go to. If you happen to know that there is a job opening up in a Google-based school district, you want to have a resume that shows all the Google things. If you happen to be looking for a job and one of the school districts that's looking for a fifth-grade teacher is a Microsoft school, honestly, Jim, I would have a second resume that shows off the Microsoft stuff that I do. And that's I would say that that's a great thing. Again, be prepared, our first thing that we talked about today, having multiple resumes that you can throw out. We say that you know, when you're putting out resumes just you know, when you're sitting in your house and you're putting out emails to people, cold calling, always have a different cover letter. Well, why not do that at a job interview or at a job fair? Like you have the you have the Microsoft style, you have the the the, the stuff. Maybe, maybe you have a different resume for being a fifth grade teacher than a third grade teacher. Maybe hmm. you ha- you know if you're dual, maybe you have a special ed resume and a non special ed resume. And then when you sit down, you hand them both, stapled, of course. And so that way they can see that you're multifaceted. So maybe if they have one thing that's not for you but you made a good impression on them, they can say, oh, wait, Jim is also available for this too. I'm going to call that guy. So I always look at these interviews as, you know, give them every opportunity to say yes to you because you never quite understand, you know, you you never know when that call is going to be. Definitely on a paper resume, you show off what you can do. You keep it brief. And I always let the resume do the talking, Right. And so that kind of goes into the next step, which is digital presence. Um, Jeff, Jeff, hold on. I I want to ask. uh, I I just have to ask, uh, in your opinion, uh, one page resume or can can it go on to a second page? One page resume. Okay, or we are we we are on the same page or because I am also an advocate of the one page or or one piece of or do a double sided. Oh, double-sided is okay in, in, in your world then. Right, because what I, I, I have done, and this is going into tech positions now, which is what I currently have. Um, mm-hmm. I've done paper resumes where the first is my education credentials, and then the second page on the back side was my technology credentials. You know, I am a, 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 a Microsoft Innovative Educator. I'm a Google Certified, you know, all those different things. Um, that could easily take a one-page resume and you, you, know, you fill it up with all your badges and credentials and you don't get the actual, hey, who, here's who I am. Um, and it's tough, right? You know, yeah. At what yeah. point in your teaching career do you start dropping things? Obviously, as, a, as an early career member, and let's define that as you know, college-based 
kid one or two years in, you're going to say, who were your co-ops in college? If you're a five or six year teacher, do you want to put that in there? Do you care to put that in there? At what point in time can you start dropping these things, right? Like if you've been, maybe your first two jobs were, were you know, rapid fire back to back and then 15 years went by, now you're looking for a job. Do you really have to show what happened 17 years ago in your teaching career in detail? Probably not because you were at a position for maybe 14 years and, you know, rift or something like that. So one, can we, can we agree, Jim, one piece of paper resume? Uh, we, we can agree to that, but I'm going to, I'm going to put out there, Jeff, that, you know, if, if any NJA member would like help with a resume, it is something uh, I enjoy doing for um, for for members, and and I like to do it, and I think I'm good at it. So, uh, you know, if you have a resume you're trying to clean up and you want a second set eyes on it, just feel free to send it to me at jboyce at njaa.org. But you have to subscribe to the podcast first. <laughs> okay, Jeff. Sure. So, you know, we we talked about physical presence, right? Like, what do you look like? with yep. your dress. Then we talked a little bit about your paper, you know, things that they're going to look at. Again, your resume has one function and one function only. It's to bring questions out from the interviewers, right? So someone's going to look at your resume and go, oh, you do the podcast for the NJEA. Tell me a little bit about that. Or, oh, I see over here you took your kids on a trip to Disney World. Tell us about those experiences and how it happened. So your resume is made to bring questions out just as their resume is made to ask to have you ask them questions, right? Like You know by looking at their school district, maybe their strategic plan, maybe some of the things that you see on their front page of their website, these are things that are, you're going to be asking questions about. So everything yeah, that you're yeah. doing here is to bring conversation on. Yep, and, and I heard a good tip from a member I know uh, named Andrew Lewis, a, an early career member in Old Bridge, and he, if he's going for a, a third grade job opening at well, when he was, he's, he's pretty happy working in Old Bridge now. But when he was looking uh, and he was interviewing for, let's say, uh, a third grade opening, he would look at a teacher's Web page from uh, that school district, a, a teacher who taught third grade. Yes. And to see where the curriculum is and to see yep. what kinds of yep. things you're doing. And all of that stuff is, again, the number one thing, which is prepare know what you're doing, know what you're getting yourselves into. It's okay for somebody like Andrew to look at a third grade website and then suddenly he's sitting in front of the principal and they've got a fourth grade opening. <laughs> right. And that, right. That, that's okay. You can say, well, look, I was, you know, as a third grade teacher, I was checking out your third grade curriculum. I see you're doing right. boom, 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 right. boom. I'm right. loving, you know, I, I can't wait to teach fourth grade with you guys. Right. You, you right. can't well, be prepared well, for well, everything. Right, right. So a- Andrew, if, if he saw a third grade opening was was advertised he he would focus on the the third grade absolutely absolutely and you know with all of this stuff the paper resume for me helps bring out the conversations about what we're doing in the classroom and what we're doing not out of the classroom, but for the classroom. So, you know, quite often 2017, sometimes questions come up about digital presence. Now, I'm not exactly mm-hmm. versed. Obviously, I know, Jim, and maybe you can help me out here. I can't ask you what, how old you are. I can't ask you if you're married, if you have kids. Um, 
I, I don't know. Can we ask, are you on Twitter? I don't know if that's, a, if that's a legal question that we can ask yet. But certainly, if on your resume it says, at TeacherCast, there's a, there's a conversation point. For people going into the tech fields or into a lot of these different fields these days, having that online presence really speaks for you. And so when I'm working with younger teachers uh, and they ask me to help them with their resume, my answer is, is do you have a blog? And when we get into that conversation, my, my, my questions turn into, hey, Jim, what are you an expert at? What are you really passionate about? And usually when they say blog, they think website. But when I'm looking at the word blog, I'm saying, what are you an expert at? Are you an expert at pedagogy in ed tech? Are you, a, are you an expert on SAMR model? Are you an expert on what are you writing about passionately? So that way when I am back at my desk and I can look you up, which I will be looking you up if I'm going to a- offer you a second interview, I can go to Jim.com and say, Jim really is focused on early career members. I have an early career member network opening. I'm going to bring Jim in because he's an expert and I only want to hire the best. So I always recommend people use their social presence. And social presence doesn't start in March when job hunting season starts, right? So... I actually, a few years ago, did a session at a, a university in North Jersey, and one of the college kids said this, and I couldn't believe that they said this, but they said, my professor told me to take down everything on my Facebook because it was going to be bad, and job hunters don't want to see people with Facebook presences. Mm. And, and I said, well, m- maybe your your current Facebook presence is bad, you know, depending on what you post and what kind of pictures. But I said, if I was looking for positions right now, I would be posting all the time on Facebook of three things that I love doing in third grade. Here's three great STEM lessons for the third grade student. Here's three ways to teach Chromebooks to third grade. So that way, when I'm being looked at, when I'm being Googled, if you will, somebody can look at me and say, oh, wow, he's really active in the third grade world. And I see he's on third grade chat. And I see he's also on NJ Ed chat on Tuesday nights at eight o'clock. I can see he's active. I want to bring that guy in. Again, these are things that make you stand out. So looking at your social presence starts today. Even if you're a freshman in college right now listening to this very podcast, your social presence for that position starts today so not only is your resume setting yourself up but your digital presence because look i i've seen this happen where you go to a job fair somebody is interviewing you and on the other side that principal is already on your twitter account while you're sitting there in front of them and you know look if you got a hundred people they know right away if they're going to continue the conversation with you so make everything good and again if you have any questions about that you can of course, of course reach out to jim and reach out to me over here on TeacherCast. um we would love to help you out now jim we we get to the thing we're dressed nice we we ace the interview what's the next thing that we have to do and that is the follow-up right like as soon as you stand up, you look them in the eye, you shake their hands, you say, great. When do you think you'll be making decisions for the second round? Mm. Right? So you want to have a time limit. You don't, you don't just want to say, thanks, goodbye. When can I expect to hear from you? I'm really interested in being here. Right? Like you, want, you want that last impression. And you know that you're going to be sending an email to them. Take a business card. Right? And when you're done at the table, go out of sight 
And I, what I always do is I write on the business card. We talked about this. I met mm-hmm. with so-and-so. You know, take notes. Maybe not on the business card, but have something for you to take notes that says, I met with this school district. I met with this. And absolutely send them the follow-up stuff. Because the follow-up is, thank you for meeting with me. I wanted to share my digital presence with you. Here's my website in case you haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Nice, nice. Here's my social stuff. I'm really, really active, and I think I'd be a great example um, for somebody who's a fantastic candidate for your school. I'm really looking forward to meeting you in your school district. Go insert mascot name here, right? <laughs> and, and and Jeff, it sounds like you are uh, an advocate of sending an email to the interviewer instead of a paper thank you. Both. Both, okay. Because Both. I'll tell you one, the email goes directly to the person, right? Right. The, the, the paper copy goes directly to the secretary. So I want to make sure that I'm getting to the person directly. And that 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 letter that pops up or that little card or whatever, you know, that little Hallmark card that you send that that, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. OK. And, and, and you know what? Speaking of the secretary, if you are interviewing in the school and and the secretary helps you set the interview up or uh, escorts you to the interview room uh, and, you know, who the secretary is beforehand, if you drop a thank you card. Uh, to, to that secretary on your way out, that could really go a long way too. I don't, I don't know if this is kosher to say Jim, but, but a $5 Starbucks card doesn't go as long. It doesn't go as far as the $10 Starbucks card. (laughs) Now, now that I, I had not thought of putting a gift card in there, but that, that, that may not hurt, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Maybe forget. I just said that. I'm not sure yet. (laughs) Uh, but 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 I think a card just thanking the secretary for their time and their help. Uh, they may not get many of those, and you know the secretary certainly has the principal's ear, the superintendent's ear, and uh, you know that that the superintendent or principal's probably going to hear about that thank you card. So uh, absolutely, and it, it's all about making not just the lasting impression, but you never know that after that job fair another position might open up in that district that wasn't available. So if, if in two weeks, another fifth grade position opens up and your thank you card is on somebody's desk, you just never know. Right. And, and, And that goes the same thing. I've heard of teachers missing the first year, but the second year, the school district calls them and says, Hey, remember us from last year? Are you still available? And, and that happens from teacher to teacher jobs. That happens, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of people out there right now looking for teaching jobs with administrator certs. So you always throw that, look, I'm here looking for your fifth grade teacher job, but if an admin position ever opens up, I have my cert, and I'd also be perfect for your middle school assistant principal job, right? Like, so there's always those different things up there for for you to go for, and you you never know when you're going to get a phone call, and you never know who's going to talk to who because you know we do live in a networking world. Maybe you're not right for one school district, but all it takes is somebody to make a phone call and say, hey, we just had this music teacher in. He's perfect for your school because he's, mm. he's closer, right? So mm. all of these things kind of go into everything that you do when you step out of that car to when you get out of the parking lot. 
because I've seen some teachers that get in their car and burn rubber out of the school and and that right there loses them position sometimes. Mm. So yeah. all yeah. of those things are there to make a last a great lasting impression from everything. And that brings us up to number 10 here, which is don't get upset if you don't get called back. Right? You know, every person out there is recruiting. Everybody out there is trying to be recruited. If if one job fair doesn't work for you, you never know. You might see that school district again, and you can go up to them, and maybe you don't wait in line, but maybe you just give the wave or the nod or, you you know, in between people, you sneak up and shake the hand and say, hey, dear Mr. So-and-so, it was great seeing you last week at the other job fair. I just wanted to stop in and say hi. I'm really looking forward to uh, to to, uh, to that second interview that we're going to have. Anything that you can do just to kind of, you know, show that you are a qualified professional, most importantly, confident candidate is going to help you not only get your foot in the door, but keep your foot in the door. So we kind of threw a lot of that really quickly. So let's just kind of go down the list here. The first one, of course, is preparing, uh, making sure that you are ready for the day. Second thing is introductions, knowing how to answer that first question, which is generally going to be, tell me about yourself. And I I should also add in there, Jim, it's important to have your closing because, you know, they always end with, is there anything else that you want to ask us? Oh, okay. This is okay. not the time to negotiate salary, <laughs> right? No, and 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 that that actually comes up uh, a lot when I when I talk to pre pre service NJA members, and and that the salary you can certainly find um, online or uh, you know uh, newspapers. Uh, you can yeah, go to yeah, any new, newspaper new, and look up a job. Newspapers. Yep, and 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 if if you're an NJA member or a a pre service NJA member and you're looking for salaries, uh, send me an email, jjboyce uh, at nja.org, and and NJA Research has has a list. Yeah, and, and and do that, and and I'll be honest with you, especially with all of that preparing dress introduction. Some of my closest New Jersey friends are superintendents that didn't hire me, but because Ooh. I saw them at a job fair, we talked. They, they, they might not have had a gig for me, but then I saw them at an ed camp and they saw me present and mm. then we just became friends. So I, I, I've had a lot of close administrative contacts and teacher contacts, but I've had a lot of good administrative contacts just from going to job fairs and, you know, maybe they don't hire you, but they still think you're a good person. So you never, you never, never know. Um, again, number four here is know your schools. Know where to put your your time and energy into. It might not be the school that's next to your home. It might have to be a little bit farther, but know your schools and know what jobs are open. Make sure that your paper resume, by the way, Jim, I should say this again, spell check it, and mm. make sure that everything is there. Make sure that you have an online presence. Start that now. Get into some of these chats. Get onto Google Hangouts. Get onto all these different things. Get a digital presence so that way when they do Google you, it's positive it's you telling the story make sure that your social media is there because we are living in a digital world we are living in digital classrooms if somebody says to you we want you to teach using thought-provoking questions and SAMR model and introduction and all that stuff you should be updated on some of those things I I couldn't imagine going to an interview and somebody asking do you know how to use a Google Doc and somebody goes "I I don't know what that is so know how to use some of these things. And if not, know where to find some of these things, right? When you're finished, make sure you have a good follow-up. 
to make a lasting impression. And then secondly, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And again, Jim, make sure that when you try again, you're wearing a different tie. So there's a lot of great things that you can be looking forward to as we move into job hunting season. Maybe you have something that we're not on the list. You can, of course, reach out to me here at TeacherCast and uh, check it out. We're going to be taking this entire list and turning it into a lengthy blog post, and we're going to see where we can go with these topics and see where we're going here. But, Jim, um, it is job hunting season and, um, you know, just as a reminder, we do have a job fair coming up for anybody in North Jersey. It's going to be happening Saturday, April 29th. It is a job fair for all the public schools of Bergen County. Um, and it is their first annual job fair. It's going to be at Westwood Junior Senior High School, um, 701 Ridgewood Road in Washington Township. It is, I believe it's exit 164 or so up on the uh, parkway. And uh, we will have all the links to everything here. It's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash capital B-C-A-S-A under lowercase job. But all those links are going to be there for that. And, you know, maybe I'll throw in an 11th thing. This job fair that we just talked about is for Bergen County School District. So now maybe I live in South Jersey. It's not a bad idea to travel to Bergen County just to try interviewing in a district or in a region that no one's going to know where you are, and maybe you're not even going to get the job. But, heck, we all need to practice, Jim. Yep, yep. And uh, I, I could tell a similar story about my first interview, hopping in the car and driving two hours away. Uh, and uh, it, it, was, it, it was my first interview. <laughs> so I, I did not get a call back about that, that, that position. Uh, but, but good advice, Jeff. Good advice. I, I know of some some younger teachers who are active on Twitter that have reached out to administrators that, you know, they might be far and near in, in the country. But I know that those, you know, teacher and, and an administrator have hooked up on like a Google Hangout just for practice interviews. Oh, nice. So, nice. you know, we live in a world without any walls. I highly encourage everybody to, to check out some of the great stuff that's happening, not only online, but, you know, on your social media channels. So, Jim, 10 things to hopefully get people started and to ace their next job fair visit. Yes, and, and I, I would like to say, Jeff, that we spoke a lot from the teacher perspective here going through these 10 tips, but a lot of these tips, you know, and a lot of these, I think all these job fairs also would advertise positions for our education support professionals. If you're a secretary, if you're a paraprofessional, uh, a bus driver, a school custodian, the, these very important behind-the-scenes roles uh, have a place at the job fairs too. Uh, don't be shy. Go on out and uh, and and uh, talk to the school districts and and take these tips to heart. Absolutely. And Jim, that just brings us back to the question that's on everybody's mind here: How do we learn more about this stuff? How do we subscribe to the Jersey Educator Podcast? Jeff. Uh, our listeners can find us on iTunes uh, under Jersey Educator. All 28 of our episodes are up there. And uh, feel free to subscribe. Leave us a review if you're inclined. And you can do the same on Google Play and Stitcher. And uh, you can find us on the web at njea.org slash podcast. On behalf of everybody here at the NJEA and the Jersey Educator Podcast, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms. Good luck during this very important job hunting season. And continue sharing your passions in New Jersey.